This is Knife Fanboy Special Edition Podcast on Star Trek Beyond. Special Edition iFanboy podcast on Star Trek Beyond. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And our special guest this week is iFanboy, former contributor, often podcast guest host, Mike Romo. Hey, guys. Very not happy. Not only friend of the show and, uh, and lifelong friend, but probably one of the biggest Star Trek fans I know. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. Pretty yeah, good. So. Pretty solid. So. All right. So we've, we've gotten together. Uh, Mike was on our show for Star Trek Into Darkness, and that's the last time we'll try to talk about that. Uh, oh. So we thought it'd be good to come back and talk about the third film in this reimagined franchise, the J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek. and uh, The, the, uh, the uh, lens flare-verse. Lens flare-verse. Um, and this one premiered over Comic-Con, which is the reason why this show is coming out a few days later than we'd like it to, but that's just what happens around Comic-Con. And... Uh, I think, Mike, it's probably important to talk about how we saw it because that may or may not have informed our opinion of the film. I was going to yeah, say, do you want to talk, talk about how you saw it or do you want to yeah. rub it in my face? No, it's mostly Rub it rubbing, in your face and everybody's rubbing. face, really. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll, we'll do, the, we'll do the, the long version just to make it really clear. Great. Uh, oh, please. We, I'm, I'm, I'm we, sitting here with, with, my, <laughs> with, my, with my chin on my fist ready to listen. Yeah, yeah <laughs> squeeze tight. Um, yeah. We were really lucky. We went back in May to a Star Trek fan event uh, we, we were lucky to attend where really it was clear that Paramount was like, look, basically we knew a lot of your of you guys were not happy with uh, Into Darkness. And uh, we want to make sure that you guys understand that we get it, that Justin Lin is a great choice for this, and that uh, we're really excited about it. And so we went to the Paramount lot and went, uh, I, forgot the, I forgot which studio it was, that's but it was like 22 or 20 where they shot the original series. Some of the original series was shot in that same studio wow. uh, stage, soundstage. And uh, they proceeded to show all these things. You know, it's a Star Trek 50th anniversary, and they had all these stars talking about how important Star Trek was to them. And then they brought out a few of the actors, the leads, um, Carl Urban, Chris Pine, and Zachary Quinto. And they basically Adam Savage did a QA, and uh, a which was really great. They were all really excited about the film, obviously, and showed some clips uh, from it and – the whole the whole evening sort of led up to basically saying we understand uh, that just how important these characters are. We we really want you to see that we get what it's that it's not just an action film that Justin is making, but a real uh, sort of a, a hits the right note in terms of look. We understand this has got legacy that these characters mean something to us, and we want to have fun with this while making a summer blockbuster. And so we got to see them uh, christen the Leonard Nimoy way, which is they made a little street in the Paramount lot. And we had a big group photo taken of all of us with Leonard Nimoy's family and the stars, uh, the aforementioned stars. And then we had a big, basically a big, huge party uh, with showing with props. And they had set pieces and costumes and silk screening of the shirt. And they gave us cool posters. And it was, uh, according to Whitney, the happiest night of her life, which <laughs> makes me feel weird about my wedding. But that's 
but it was really it was a really great thing. So and then one the but the key moment was hey so you know we're really excited about the premiere of this film. We're gonna do it. We're gonna have a live orchestra doing the music. It sounds like really cool, and the entire audience says yeah, it sounds really cool. And then J.J. Abrams said, and everyone in this room is invited to the premiere. And it was it was basically the most nerdy Oprah moment I could <laughs> yeah. have ever. You get a premiere. You get a premiere. <laughs> you get a premiere. You get a premiere. And so we came in uh, pretty excited about it. Flash forward to the realization <laughs> that it's on Wednesday night in San Diego of Comic Con, uh, which is also the same temperature of the surface of of the sun on an outdoor <laughs> screening of the world's apparently the world's first IMAX uh, screening outdoors. And it was a very uh, very intense physical uh, time <laughs> for the for the premiere, but once the sun went down and the thing really got going, uh, it was a great night. We well, they it, brought it out was a the big, full cast. It was, yeah, it was a big fan night. They had uh, first of all, it was three thousand people. It was an outdoor uh, IMAX screen. It had three thousand people come. To where, where where was it in um, in the San Diego? The Embarcadero so, South, the little park behind the the, the Comic Con. Was it by Bay, the Hilton Bayfront? Well, it jutted out from there. So if you okay, go out yeah. to where all the boats are parked, you go sort of in the middle of that area and then go out, and then there's Got a big it. stretch of land. They do, they've shown other films there, but they've never, it's nothing of this scale, apparently. So, so, it was, so we, we were there from 5 p.m. till 11. And yeah. uh, as Mike said, after the sun went down, we stopped baking alive. Uh, you know, we, we watched a full <laughs> episode of the, of the original series. Open Mind the Maneuver. Michelle Nichols came out for a little, uh, little talk with, with who's the producer that's doing all the MC work, Mike? I don't know. He's he's part time producer, part time like super fan MC. So I don't I forgot his name. We did a little name, chat with her on the stage, and we got lucky. We got in, we got in early enough that we had a second we had second row seats, so we had really nice uh, seats for the for the talks and everything. Then they had they brought the entire cast of the film out. Conan O'Brien uh, MC'd this uh, little discussion with them and J.J. Abrams and Justin Lin. <laughs> It was um, it was off the chain actually. Conan was really funny, um, and and all the cast came out, and it was actually a pretty emotional kind of thing because you know not only had we lost Leonard Nimoy, but we had lost the actor plays Chekhov, Anton um, Yelchin, Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we ended up having this sort of, I gotta say, one of the longest moments of silences silence that I've been through, and it was a really. It was intense to watch the cast kind of really, really sort of realize, wow, this is it. It's opening night without our friend. Yeah, they, they, so they it was did a little musical tribute to him because, the yeah. orchestra, as he, Mike said, there was a live orchestra. And so while that was happening, they brought the lights down. But since we were in the front row, we could see the cast all getting this giant group hug uh, that oh, they held yeah. for the entire song. And it was really uh, intense. It was, the, it was the music from the first movie where Kirk has sacrificed himself, you know, at the very beginning, which you know, is a beautiful piece of music, but is also like sob inducing. So it was yeah. a really kind of very uh, public private moment. But, you know, from where we were sitting, I mean, we, we, we really could sort of feel how raw the emotion still was. Um, but, you know, they were really, they really made a point. They had a little costume contest. I mean, they fed us, they gave us free ice cream. I mean, there was, there were a lot of things where they were really, there was a sense from Paramount that we were going to do this right we're really grateful that you guys waited outside. We're really grateful that you're here. And so we entered this film with a stratospheric amount of goodwill. I, I, I was just going to say, is there, any, is, there any, like, like, is there any way this movie could have – you guys could have not liked this movie after this? Well, you know, if it was Into Darkness, I bet you I could. Yeah. <laughs> we really, but, um, really hated Into Darkness. So I, yeah. the, the, the good news is 
and we'll jump into the film now that after we that long preamble, but it's important to know where our headspace was. Uh, I thought this was a this was a ton of fun. This this is what yeah. brought it brought back the goodwill feeling of of the first one. And, and leading up to these movies before going to San Diego, I rewatched a good portion of the original series. I watched all the not all two, three, four, and six of the original cast films. I rewatched the first Star Trek. Uh, JJ film and so I was all primed and ready to go uh, for this mm-hmm. and I thought this sort of brought back that people have described this film as and the spoiler warnings we'll, we'll have to talk about the movie and there'll be spoilers so um, people have described this as an extended original series episode and I think that's kind of the feeling it had yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, the original series episodes, if you want to compare them, say, to a Next Generation episode, really just fundamentally is that you get the problem at the beginning, and then you spend the entire episode trying to solve it or get through it. Whereas Next Generation, you're in the situation, the problem comes up at the very end, and they solve it just like that. So they really did a great job, I thought, of establishing the world, and then the inciting incident, and then... I, I thought pace and just the way this thing was constructed was really good. But what were you going to say, Rob? Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I was going to say that that actually, Mike, I think it was you. I saw you commented. I, I, so generally I, I've tried to stay you know, completely – I read the article about Justin Lin and Wired, and I think that was the only bit of press I read about this movie beforehand. And I tried to avoid whatever I could just because I want surprises in my life still. Um, yes. and, actually, and actually I'm mad at you guys because you guys at the Comic-Con event, um, Idris Elba was there. Yeah. And I was like, why is Idris Elba there? And so, <laughs> wow. Uh, but uh, like I didn't even know he was in the movie, right? He's very so, handsome. Ron, that's why he was there. I know. Oh, I know. I saw the outfit. I know. Um, but so uh, but I did see on Facebook, Mike. I saw you comment and said said you you had said that you liked it, and then it felt like an old episode, and that got me excited because as you know, we've talked about many times. Like I'm an old school like like original series was my entry point. Like talking to my dad about watching the original series and 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 pouring over those three seasons and all that sort of stuff. That's kind of how I got introduced to Star Trek. So hearing that that got me excited going into it. Now that said. I did not have the red carpet treatment of Chris Pine <laughs> walking me to my seat and then you know, and, and then sitting next to uh, Carl Urban like you guys did. Um, yep. But uh, Philly Saldana yeah. does a great back rub. I yeah. gotta tell you, I'm, very strong <laughs> firm hands, real strong. Firm. <laughs> but what, so, Ron, what did you think of it overall? Yeah. I- I thought it was great. I thought I, I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I agree with you that it felt like a a glorified good episode. Um, and like kind of, and that's kind of the realization that I had about these movies is that I feel like we generally and, and talking about the Into Darkness um, kind of the the reaction, um, which I didn't hate Into Darkness as much as you guys did, but I understand the problems with it. Um, and I don't want to get into talking about that, but. Um, uh, like these movies don't need to be the end of like the yeah. be all end all. Like you can just do an episode like the, yeah. like it felt like this was an adventure. And I like the fact that they're three. The, the movie starts with with um, Kirk with a you know captain's log, and he's saying how they're on year three of their five year mission. So really, if you're mapping it to the original series, it's at the end of when the original series was because that was only three years. Right. Right, And so you get the sense of them being in space for a long time and the the stress that that has to do with it. And he's getting a little tired and and now here's an adventure. And by the end of this adventure, he's revitalized and ready to get back out there. Um, So I really, really liked it. There is one major aspect of it that I didn't like. Um, but we'll get to that. But uh, yeah. but all, all in all, I, I I was positive about it. Well, so. I loved I loved and and they had shown that life feels episodic sequence in the when in the fan event and, and that alone really made me really excited for the movie. Because well, it's important to, be to know really that we honest. were we were skeptical. 
Oh, because oh, the when, first, when I first saw the trailer, first trailer was terrible. Oh, awful. And for me, like, I was furious because I really feel, frankly, that when you blow up the Enterprise, you're being super lazy. I mean, it just okay, so it's that, happened so, so many that, times. That That's the one thing that I did not like is that is that right. I did not like that they destroyed the Enterprise. That said, uh, the way they did it was really cool, and I've never seen that before. Right. But, um, but I, I I agree with you. I think blowing up the Enterprise is lazy, and I believe that was the, the – the Justin Lin was like, yeah, I'll do it if I can blow up the ship, which – Oh, uh, well, I – that's interesting. I don't Everybody know, I don't gets know. the blow, but it, it did serve a purpose in that if you're going to blow it up, at least have the consequence of splitting the, the crew up. And I like yeah. that everyone's well, got, I, got a buddy aspect well, that, of the story, but also yeah. it, it leads to into NCC one seven zero one A, which is the you know sort the of following nice. on the next. Yeah, but and, I, I felt like they you know yes, I was really frustrated when I saw it in the trailer. But I thought that this was one of the most emotional re- renderings of this sequence that I've seen ever. I mean, seeing them, it didn't just you know streak off into this you know into the sky and crash. I mean, they really tried to save it, and they they tore it apart over this long, long, much longer period of time than I anticipated. And seeing each of the crew members do what they needed to do, like I thought that whole sequence. I thought that the action was motivated, and it made me believe that it it, made, it grounded me into the movie much more than I thought it would. Um, and I thought they were really successful. And I love seeing some of the technology, uh, the you know the, the evacuation uh, pods in yeah. the bridge itself. That made a lot of sense to me. The way they split the crew that made a lot of sense to me. So. Uh, in a way, it was like, okay, you're gonna blow it up, but you're doing it really, really well in a way I haven't seen before. And yeah, like, like the the idea of the, the of the of the villains or the bad guys or the the people that they're fighting being like a swarm of locusts and yeah. or, and and being these little tiny ships that are pointy and like surgically taking the ship apart, taking a you know Genius. cutting off the nacelles, then cutting off yeah. like like the, like they they you know like I, I thought that the whole strike against the Enterprise. Was really well executed in a strike against the Enterprise in that they wanted to disable it, get on board, and get something off of it. So that made sense. So like, while I hate the concept of, of destroying the Enterprise, I uh, it, it was really cool. I think you could have told this story without destroying the Enterprise, but that's just me. Um, and and the thing is, I was really I was really thinking about it. and Connor. I thought about yeah. this for a good like a, like like the at least fourteen hours okay. at this point. Now. Well, that's I've been thinking the about minimum it. Yeah. amount I mean, you can think about. It. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I was. I wanted to. I wanted to put some time, but then I got busy. But I got fourteen hours aside, um, and I thought about it really hard. And I realized that, like, I got there. There were two points in this movie where I got emotional, where I got teary. Oh man! Right. Um, one was when the Enterprise was destroyed. Because I realized that, like, my relationship with Star Trek not only is with the crew and all that and that sort of stuff, but it's also with the ship. Like, I see oh, like, the, the dramatic shots of the ship leaving the bay, like, get me every time because it's like, oh, yeah. the, to me, the Enterprise, that design of the Enterprise is so classic and yeah. it's so um, meaningful and inspirational that whenever they destroy the ship, I always get upset. And we've seen the yeah. ship get destroyed how many times now, Mike? Like, a I, lot. I, I, but that's, that's a, a testament ton. to the. Yeah. As Mike said, this particular sequence, in that it was stretched out, you saw the effect on everybody. And one of the things, yeah. one of the great strengths of this film was that it was really well balanced. We should credit uh, uh, Simon Pegg and Doug Jung, who were the co-writers of this one. They, yeah. I thought they did a great job of giving everybody a lot to do. And one of the things that I saw during this film, which I don't, I don't think I've seen before, is that uh, it was a reminder that these guys are all basically uh, in the Navy. And yeah. And, you know, in the past, everyone has their specific roles that they filled. Bones is a doctor. But he's also in the Navy. So in this film, 
He has to shoot yep. people, and he has to fly and fly. He has to be a pilot. Like, yep. you remember, all oh, right, these guys aren't just these specialized colors on their shirts. They are actually they're they're military men, and I know, I know there's a whole there's a whole schism yeah, in the fandom that, whether they should be military men or not. But they are yeah. in this particular world, and so they're I like Navy. seeing that I see their Navy, and I like seeing Bones have to actually do Navy stuff and not just well, you know doc, well, can, that was can, really great. Can, 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 that's a good segue to the point of uh, that I wanted to make about this, which is just I love Carl Urban. He's the, he was he's so the best. He's I, the best. I, I, I love Carl Urban. I love Carl Urban as Bones. I love <laughs> yeah. Carl Urban a, 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 in this like a, like I want more Carl Urban. Like when he's on the, when he wasn't on the screen, I'm like, when are they going to get back to him? Like it just it, it, it yep. like he was he was delightful. He was delightful well, in this. Well, that uh, is another good point too. The balancing of this film yeah. was fantastic. These films can live or die by how the balance between characters character moments and action sequences and i thought that maybe i've never you know i've never seen a fast and furious movie but maybe justin lynn is so used to having to deal with a large cast it had to it had to help it had to yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it was fantastic. I mean, the only thing there were less lens flares, but way more spinning camera angles. <laughs> he loves the spinning yeah. camera. He loves the spinning camera. Nothing, nothing can be static. Vertigo, it was like a Michael yeah. Bay, but going in 360 degrees. But Carl Urban was fantastic, and I think we really got to see uh, the original sort of triumvirate, right? The original trilogy that's also made it like an original series, Star Trek. It felt like it, the last film, at least, tried to make Uhura and Spock and Kirk be the trilogy, but yeah. this one really, you, you felt the friendship between uh, that really oh, the great bo- scene. The Bones and Spock scene Bones. was fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, they all got them. I mean, I, I mean, I do have to say that whole opening sequence is so fun. I mean, the him opening the closet and there's yeah. all his uniforms, right? The, yeah. the, the gentle laughs that you got where you're like, oh, I get to settle down into this film and th- look at the, the arguments on board with the cohabitation. I mean, that was – I thought that really made the nerds and the geeks and the fans go, oh – Thank you for showing this side of this because that's what an episode could do. You could see the everyday. It could be like Data's Day for the first 10 minutes. Why not? And and so it really gave this foundation. So when it did tear apart the Enterprise, which reminded me of the X-Wing fighters taking down the Death Star, it was like, wow, boy, the Federation really should have thought about this stuff. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It was like those shields didn't have a chance. It was amazing to see it co- co- so completely uh, decapitated. And yeah. it was, a, like you were saying, Ron, it was a very emotional thing. And I loved, loved it. Even when the Enterprise was literally down for the count, they could still use the thrusters and make it its own weapon at the at the end of the day by flipping it. Yeah. That like was great. I mean, yeah, there was, there, was a, there was a lot of really cool stuff. With the, I mean, if you're going to destroy the Enterprise, use it well. Um, use it like that. I also I also really liked the, um, you know, the scattering the crew on the planet yeah, yeah. and like being forced to you know you, you know and then and then ha- hand having an original ship and you know and, and like the, with the i don't yes we said spoiler franklin. warning but you know but having the the uss franklin be there and them able to, i don't know how they're able to get it working again but got it working again and use that i thought that was really cool. just, don't like, question scotty's like, methods ron also is that was so interesting to see them take on the star trek enterprise you yeah. know, the very early on, this you know, this is the first one capable of going of what I think it's over warp four, and the Enterprise from the show went to warp five. I'm pretty sure that's it. But that that was really surprising to me. Talk about spoiler alert! I mean, I was just like, it was so cool. Like, wow, you guys are really embracing all of Star Trek, not just the original series. You know, and, and that was really clever. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but you guys want to talk about the. Uh, the Idris Elba and how that that race I thought was kind of interesting. 
Well, I, I mean, so so the question the is, did you guys guess the twist on him? I guessed it actually fairly early on. Oh, no, I I was completely surprised. Completely I was, surprised. I was actually surprised too. I didn't I didn't I didn't get that. The and I'm not patting my back. You, I just the the moment that they discovered the old video of the crew. Mm, um, yeah. We, we saw it fleetingly, and then we, then later on we we come back to it when her realizes who he is. But we saw it fleetingly. I thought I saw him in the background, but either way, I, it's, for some reason I was like, oh, he. He's from the original crew. Oh, okay. I, oh, I. So it wasn't Idris Elba didn't lean over and tell you to pay attention no, when didn't. they showed that. That was okay. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he was, he was at the time he was getting me drink, a drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had the <laughs> VIP lounge over there. We didn't um, feel like getting. I thought, right. you know he's great. He's 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 great. He commands the screen. Um, I thought it was interesting the way his. The only thing it was kind of. The way his face kept changing and he would sort of suck the life force out of people was a little. Like science fictiony for Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. well, it's almost like Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, and, and I <laughs> you know, thought like this, between between him and Jayla and some of the aliens, it, it was almost. And one of the criticisms of this yeah. series has been it's almost the Star Warsian Star Trek, and I, this this might have yeah. felt the most Star Warsian in with with the way with all the aliens and all and. And there was a ship. lot. There was a lot of aliens in this. There were a lot. I mean, which is, I guess, makes sense. You they know, had, they the, did with fifty the, alien species for the fiftieth. So there's fifty different yeah. alien species in the movie. But well, let's you know, wait, actually let's back up and talk about how freaking awesome the starbase. I thought. I was know. just gonna, yeah. I was gonna say Yorktown was amazing. I thought that was so cool. The fact that it was just like this spinning city and like and well, they actually and the did science, right? So it was spinning like uh, yeah. like Interstellar or the the Expanse. You know, like. Yeah, the, the, the base was in a it was, was in a was in a tube. So it was it was like a Dyson sphere yeah. meets uh, the Tomorrowland universe. I mean, yeah. and, and I I thought that was great. I I mean, I, maybe you know you don't need to have the large spaceship going underneath the river. It seems like a really sort of costly thing to do, but <laughs> it was it was beautiful to look at. And again, what was nice is that. You you felt that optimism of Star Trek, like you want that in Star Trek. You you really want to see a starbase that is like, man, that is. I want to live in that future. Like yeah. there was a real nice aspirational feeling to a lot of this film. Um, and actually, there was there was a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of aspiration, but uh, Connor, you mentioned it too a lot of there was a lot of little points that reminded me of the Expanse. Yeah. Oh really? sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like just little kind of nudges and nods, and I was just like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, but um, yeah, I thought the Yorktown was really, really impressive. I thought the once they figured out the Idris Elba's plan and what they needed to do, I thought the use of the music was great. I mean, some people might cringe at that, but I love the idea of that. This is our future. There's, it's, it's, it, it, oh, it's yeah. never been that yeah. starkly laid out before. And yeah. We had it in the first movie when, and it's the callback. It's the same song from the when Kirk stole his stepfather's car, the first right. one, but. You've never had it laid out like, oh right, this is a, in a few in two hundred years. That's classical else, music. That's yeah. that, that was a great line. Is that classical music? Um, <laughs> yeah. That that's it's never been the connection's never been that sort of stark in these films before. This is and, and that and that's almost like the kind of Star Trek four kind of humor, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, it it's all about frequency. It wouldn't matter what song they played, right? It, right. Like, yeah. it, but they still are just going to have fun with it. I, I've got the words and the beats ready. Like that's yeah. great. I want to hear that in the song. But, and we should. I guess we should talk about the Jayla I the like character. Jayla. I thought she's yeah. fine. Yeah. I'd yeah. actually be interested in her coming back as like an ensign in the in the fourth film. Like I thought she plays yeah, off cool. well with the you know, it's the classic sort of native character is flummoxed by you know, modern society but is smartest and can handle the technology. So it was but it, it worked well. She was funny and she was yeah. a badass. Oh, I, I, and I appreciated like she was a badass and she wasn't Kirk's love interest yeah. and if anything yep. Kirk was impatient 
you know, it's like, look, you can help me. What what I see in you is that you can help me. Like, Chris, well, I mean, was, 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 she Scott, was she Scotty's love interest that seemed like? Yeah, that was, was like, so yeah, nice. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah but, well, he um, wrote the movie, yeah. so I mean. Yeah, but one of the one of those I I can't help but I wonder if you saw this Ron but when she first uh, fights them and she multiplies <laughs> into threes my yep. first thought was Nova from Heroes of the Storm yes. and I was so pissed I was like <laughs> I really empathize with those guys because you you're gonna hit her and it's gonna be the wrong one but like that, that that was really fun and I you know I did like the her trap you know freezing them that and that was just funny there were some things that worked as plot devices but they let that be funny as well. Yeah, um, and then and then it all it all tie. I mean, honestly, I give Simon Pegg and whoever he co-wrote the movie with Connor. You know the name. Yes, but, it's um, uh, Doug Jung who played Sulu's husband. Which talk, I think we should talk about. It oh, Go ahead. okay, yeah. Um, but um, the I thought they they wrote a great movie because I feel like every little thing that I noticed paid off later on. Oh, it was right? very well yeah. constructed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of those movies that if you were a kid back in the day, you could see it with your friends and spend the afternoon talking about different scenes and not you know and like really being excited to see it again. And you know, and and really, Ron, as great as it was where we saw it, I mean. The black levels weren't that, you know, it was hard. It was, you know, it's an outdoor theater. The sound was kind of muddy. There was an echo. So it wasn't perfect. I mean, Chris Pine, he does make a mean Manhattan. But, like, <laughs> other than that, uh, there were there were a couple things. I mean, as I, I did really like the film, but there were a couple things that even I was a little bit. The only time that I got a little bit slow with the film was I felt the middle dragged a bit. And the whole motorcycle, oh, it just happens to be the motorcycle. And then he does that whole thing driving around the motorcycle it it, it beg it beggared my uh suspension of di- disbelief a little bit that the the triplicator would be able to plot out all those different motorcycles like a lot of it, I, it that was the one fantasy sequence to me that kind of brought me out of it was that whole motorcycle sequence i thought that would, was a little bit out of had had no issue whatsoever in fact i kind of like, like it, it, <laughs> it gave me a little great escape kind of uh, oh totally you know like oh, i love like, the bike yeah, like I, I mean, it would make sense that that old ship would have that sort of thing because they were exploring, and like, and it, and it, and it's a callback to his father, which I'm sure oh, we'll right. mention at the end of this. But um, you know, and and I, yeah, I, I didn't have any, and I thought it was so cool with the using the image inducer, like once again, something that we saw earlier in the movie paying off again, I and it was the, it was I was it, surprised, I was actually surprised when it happened. I was like, oh yeah. right, that's a good idea. And it and was I the love- it was it was the distraction, and then we got the we got the you know the Jayla's fighting the guy who killed her father, and the great transporter scene. I, th- I yeah, I mean, I just it all it all worked for me. I thought th- there wasn't honestly, I have a hard time criticizing anything in this movie. To be honest with you, I don't think it was perfect, but I I think it was imperfect enough to be so enjoyable, and like in like it was like it, it it hit all the right notes and kept me entertained and laughing and and yeah. So well, I, let's I, talk about well, some other notes. Well, hold like on, the, for I, me, I, the, okay. I have a couple of. My, my, I have one real negative thing. I think the, the, the non-real negative thing, is the, the sad thing, is that we talked about the balance of the film. The one character didn't really get a ton to do was Chekhov, which is sad. Uh, yeah. Because right, Anton yep. Yelchin uh, died. But uh, the only thing that bugged me through the entire film, and this is such a nitpick, is I really hated the uniform redesign. Yeah. Wow. Well, I what, what really made, what hated made, it. The, the collars. Yeah, what made me what made me laugh was that was the was the just the like they got on Yorktown and all of a sudden Kirk is in this weird leisure suit, right? <laughs> and then and then they the, when the escape pods, him and Chekhov are in these like field outfits, and I'm like, did, did the escape pods have another outfit that ties to them? Like, how did they get these clothes? Like, it was right. <laughs> I love that these films are they're in their classic '60s t-shirt uniforms, but 
to me, when you minimize the black around the neck, it, it changes yeah. the, the whole look. It just oh, doesn't man, look like they were wearing gold shirts. The black yeah. sets it off. You need that black. And you when they had the collars you, that you th- covered it up, it what just What did you think of weird. the away suit? I like the away suit. The away suits were great. It just I didn't like the collars that covered the black except for the very front. It just it, visually it it wasn't as striking. They were just they were just sitting in these colored shirts instead of having the black trim around it. Um, it's a minor thing, but I just I thought it changed the whole visual to the dynamic of the way they looked. I just bugged the crap out of me. Yeah, I can see that. It's interesting. They're like wearing a Steve Jobs mock turtlenecks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you I fucking nerd. I know. I, I, said, I, said was, I said it was a well, I'm gonna. I, I'm balancing it out. I'm going to balance it out because when uh, – talk about hitting notes. Uh, I thought the whole deal with how they dealt with the Leonard Nimoy, Spock passing – was just really elegantly done, and well, so that, that was that, that was crying the, notes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was the, that was the second note that I that I got emotional was when um, young Spock is looking at old Spock's effects, and in it there's a pol- there's a uh, photo of the crew from circa three. Star Trek five. Was it five? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, when I saw that, I I I, I knew I, I completely yeah. lost it. Yeah. I, yeah. That, and the just the I main. I, I don't know how your audience reacted to it, but obviously, like our our audience broke broke into applause several times. But yeah. that one was our that one got sustained applause, and it was really you know I was it was unexpected. It was yes. unexpected. It was a delight, and it felt earned, and it made sense. And just dramatically, it was maybe what it took Spock to to really realize that this he deserves a family as well. That that, that Spock in the other reality, these were his friends, and that was that was special to him, and yeah. that reminded well, that, him of so just, just how special you know, that was. His central conflict was he was yeah. going to go off and leave Starfleet and join the Vulcan high, uh, <laughs> Science Council, High Command, whatever it was. High Command, yeah. Yeah. and um, make and make little baby Vulcans, which I thought was really well, funny. Well, that, that, that was, that was actually made sense in the, the kind of yeah. story, right? He feels a responsibility to further the Vulcan race, and he if he's dating Uhura, they, he he can't he can't make Vulcan babies. And, uh, yeah. I, want, I really wanted him to come out of that scene and suggest Scotty grow a mustache. <laughs> That's really what I wanted. Yeah. Um, that was a great scene, and it was it was very emotional. In the fact that Michelle Nichols was was there in the audience that uh, was made it more yeah. uh, emotional. Yeah. But um, and Anton Yelchin's parents were actually there too, which was intense. Yeah. But uh, I thought I, you know this this was super fun. Now the so before the film came out, uh, you know they, they announced that they were, Sulu was gay in these films. They in this movie we, we see his husband. And uh, there was a minor controversy because uh, George Takei, who's very outspoken and active uh, gay man, and is a is an advocate. He he's very public in his advocacy for gay rights. Uh, vehemently disagreed with that decision, which I think no one probably expected yeah. from from that team on the film. It was, it was very minor in the film. It just it's like three seconds. I thought, on the I, honestly, right. I thought it was. The, I, th- I thought it was. If anything is handled the right way, like that's what it was. Like he he arrived at Yorktown and his husband and daughter was there waiting for him and they just put his arm around him. Like they didn't make a big deal yeah. of it. Like I thought it was fine. I it, mean, didn't, like, I, it didn't bother me at all. Actually, it did get applause in the audience that we were with. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot. I wish I hadn't heard about it because I actually would have been pleasantly surprised. I honestly think. I think that people were really overblowing it. Um, they're going to do what they're going to do with these films, but I think there was a level of inclusion there. Maybe it was capital I inclusion, but I it did. It felt organic. It didn't. It was not heavy-handed, and I thought it was appropriate in, in as much as how they wanted. If they were going to do it, I thought they did it in a, in a, in a good way. 
Yeah, I, I, that's the thing is that like I, I, I mean, I get George Takai's argument and that just because I'm gay doesn't mean the character I played has to be right. gay and like all that that sort of thing. Which I and I could see him kind of getting annoyed, but like at the same time, like I don't know, it's fine, it's fine. I had no problem with it. I think it's it's nice. So there you go. There was no end credit sequence, but there was a very touching, you know, in memory of Leonard yes. Nimoy, and then for for uh, for our. Um, Anton, yeah, which yeah. was sad. Um, I, I loved seeing. So oh. this is kind of nerdy. They, the, uh, the my friend uh, Robert, <laughs> he works at NASA, and he didn't really like the first two films. He's a huge Star Trek person, but one of the huge fan. But he loved this film. And but one of the things that had always annoyed him about the 1701 in the Pine Universe, I guess that's what people are calling it, is that the warp nacelles were too close to each other. And apparently, when we talked to our friend at Paramount, she said that that really bothered Justin Lin as well, which may have been the reason he took on the film, so he could blow it up, because now the warp nacelles are farther apart and look much better. So uh, it was nice to see that they had rectified and addressed what yeah. was truly a glaring issue about the rejection. <laughs> Um, to go back to a downer note on the Anton Yeltsin uh, yes. thing, in your guys' cut, I don't know if it's different in my cut, but at the very end when they're there for Kirk's birthday and he does the toast and he says to the Enterprise and for those who can't be here, and then the camera cut to a shot of Chekhov. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, which which it was like right after he said that, and it cut right to him, and I was like, oh, that that's to, that's a, that I mean that had to have been purposeful, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was. I'm sure. Uh, it was. Yeah, I can't I imagine. Mean, it, it was it was pr- it was pretty obvious. Like the yeah. cast had really they were thrilled oh, sure to be they, here, but boy, it was heavy. It was on a tough. dour note. Yeah, on a dour note. Yeah. And I like and I like that they announced that they're not going to replace him. That they're just going to yeah. you know they'll. Well, they'll I think that, that that allows yeah. Jayla to take his spot as a yeah as yeah a, maybe. I, I kind of hope they don't do that. But I, it, I'm yeah. sure the fans would love it. I thought I did think she was good. She was really interesting, just from a, a silly PR point of view. She was really <laughs> need some press training. She, she was terrible. terrible in interview. <laughs> well, <laughs> just terrified. It's like Conan Bryan's like, "Hey, how are you doing?" She's like, "Good." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Awkward first meeting in front of three thousand people, but okay. She's like, "Ha ha ha." Uh, so, so, and so, and speaking of um, the warp nacelles that you mentioned earlier, Mike. So we saw the new Enterprise at the end of it. Yeah, I, I thought it looked pretty, pretty badass. I thought it looked fine, but I didn't have an or I did, I wasn't biased. I wasn't a nacellist. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but I thought no, I thought it looked great. I mean, part of me, part of me would have, for some reason, now that we knew that they're doing another film, it would have been nice to get some more time on the base and take her out again. But you know, I thought this was fun too. That next time we see the crew, they're going to be in the middle of maybe year four, or year five. It was cool to watch the time lapse building. Yeah, I thought that, that was, was a great, great reward. Sequence. Yeah. That was great. You didn't leave sort of on a, on a down note with the Enterprise being blown up. They they made that decision. It was fun to watch. And it took you right back out to space again, uh, really setting up for the next film. And again, leaving it up on a very optimistic note. Yeah. Um, super duper, so duper fun. Let's switch gears here and talk about something I know Mike has more angst about. I've got uh, yeah, two things. Which two is, things. Uh, so they announced right before this movie came out that they already... Going to do a fourth, although uh, this this one didn't do so well at the box office. Well, it's, it's, like sixty million. Yeah, yeah but it was for, well for below. third movie for third movie in the cycle. They, you, they expected each sequel to get to do more, more each the opening weekend well, than the one before. It just showed them that they kind of messed up with that other one. Yeah, and the marketing also really, also was really a rough. Bad. I mean, marketing was I mean, really was, bad. 
Yeah, the marketing was bad, but also it's a rough weekend. I mean, like uh, July, people on vacation, they're out. I don't know. It's just uh, and like was, honestly, and honestly, the three day total with Into Darkness, it's it's off by three million. I mean, it's not Into Darkness after three days did sixty two million and Beyond did fifty nine million. So I think Into Darkness did seventy. No, no 60, 60, 62. 70, looking at I'm it. looking at. I'm seeing seventy point yeah, well, two. Seventy point two. I think it came up. But, it was a set, It was seventy million opening weekend. Well, I'm looking to be at fair. Th- to be fair, three day, to- were, three day totals. It might have been on the four day weekend, but it was a seventy opening. Anyway, yeah. the point is they announced fair, the fourth they, one. We had we had really good fireworks, and uh, <laughs> as Conan said, that was the marketing budget right. for the film, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I think part of it too. I, we didn't. We're not seeing a lot of. We're seeing a lot of billboards, but they. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think the the billboards are just sort of showing beyond and showing the the ship, but they're they're not really showing anything to bite into with the film seemingly but i i don't know I, it seems like i'm hoping word of mouth is really good on this i i fe- i hope people go see it's, it it's probably the most fun times. like you know it's it's a oh, direct a it's a direct tonal difference to batman v superman you yeah know, it, it is yeah. and even civil war which is sort of a downer because all the heroes are fighting each other this is just a romp and it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a spectacle anyway back to the four, they announced the fourth film and they also yeah, announced yeah. that uh, Chris Hemsworth would be returning to the film. He was he played George Kirk in the opening of the first film. He died at the hands of yeah. Nero, and uh, so so I, I want to hear Mike's reaction, and then I'll, and then I'll and then I'll add a counterpoint. I I, I think I heard Mike <laughs> groan, groan through the wall well, when he I, when I, he, I, look. I'm tired of going back in time. I don't want to Kirk with daddy issues, right? I just let him be him. I I was already annoyed at the second film with. You know Leonard Nimoy. I like Leonard Nimoy. I love Leonard Nimoy, but I don't. I kept feeling like we kept going back to Spock, and now we're well, we're going to go back to dead Kirk. I I don't. I want to cut free from anything in the past and just move forward. I I feel like I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe it'll just be a really nice detailed hologram. But <laughs> if it's something like blowing up the Enterprise, for me it feels lazy. And I I. First of all, I don't even know what the point of having him come back. Let Kirk right. be his own thing. All right, so so Mike, I'm gonna, with all due respect, point counterpoint. <laughs> Jane, you're ignorant slut. Um, and Mike, I love you, and I love the dedication. They haven't even written the goddamn movie yet. <laughs> I know. Well, why even? Right? Why even announce like, it? What, why? Like, you, no, if you're not even writing the movie, then why did it even? You're gonna cast? What is this? Because, the Marvel way of making movies? You're yes. Cast it and write the story. No, and you write seem, the story that makes seems, sense. It, that seems to be doing well for Marvel, doesn't it? Well, I think that. Well, is that for? I mean. <laughs> But, but here's the thing. Here's the, the thing. Hemsworth, Hemsworth is a name. He's got. A, he's tied to the legacy. He was only in the first movie for five minutes, not even. Take that he, so great, which makes it he, so valuable and wonderful. And then, and then, so now they announce that, and their Marvels leading up to promote Thor Ragnarok. Or you don't think they're going to ask him questions about it when he's doing press for Thor, right? I mean, like, why are you in that new movie? Yeah, well, I, 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 I just think I think I think Mike just have an open mind. Let him let him. They, uh, clearly, they have a plan. I, and I just, have an know. open mind. I went to the premiere. My God. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, when, when you're sitting next to Carl Urban and Idris Elba, it's hard to say I, no. To I that. just don't even know why they would announce the casting without. I'd rather yeah. get let them enjoy the weekend, take a few weeks off. Be stoked that they get to make another movie, write the best movie possible, and if there's a scene with the dad in it, great. But I don't yeah. understand pre-announcing. It's like I, I just it seems silly to me. Um, and also, I mean, Hemsworth is great, but it's not. I, I just 
I was Chris. I mean, it's not, it's not it's not Robert De Niro. It's not like it's not like yeah. some amazing actor that they got. They we got Chris Hemsworth. Let's let's you not know, slide like they Hemsworth were making a, beautiful blue eyes. All right, let's. <laughs> it's like when they were making the, the first Star Trek and they were advertising it with uh, Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando before they shot anything. It reminds me of that a lot. But I also, just, like, can we just say, saying before you? Condemn, I'm open minded. Yeah. I'm openly antagonistic about it, yeah. but yeah. I will see it. But the I do I do think again. Chris Pine is such a good uh, Captain Kirk. That first sequence, the way he holds himself, is muttering under the breath. We actually got to see a little bit of a different side of Captain Kirk. Uh, there's not a lot of scenes in the series or the movies where we see him sort of struggling with if he's doing the right thing or not. Like I, I, I loved getting a little bit a different angle on his internal monologue. I loved that he was getting just kind of kind of tired of all yeah. of this stuff. Um, and I thought. Chris Pine, again, echoes everything that a fan or even a casual viewer would appreciate about Shatner's Kirk, but really still makes it his own. And again, I don't know. He just feels like such a captain to me. Yeah, I, I think I, really I agree. makes it. I'm, I'm so, I've been pro Chris Pine, since, Chris Pine since the first movie. I think he's great. And, and I, I, he is Kirk now, and I think that he's well-deserved. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. And, and even the, the hesitation and the moment um, before calling it with the Enterprise and saying abandoned ship, like you yeah. can see, like, like I kept on waiting. I'm like, when are they, when are they going to abandon the ship? Like they, they're clearly they're not going to survive this. Yeah. And you know that they're trying to figure out, they're trying to make it work. Let's do the saucer sap. Let's do like all this other, you know. Totally, and, dude, dude, I think yeah. the ship's going to blow up. No, 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 we'll go down there. Yeah, we'll go to impulse, full impulse. Yeah. So I love Rod yeah, getting really, really worried in the theater. What, what, what's going on? Yeah. What's what, what he waiting? What's going on? Wait, wait, seriously, get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, Nimoy did great again. He looked even more like the child version of himself oh, you, in the first film. He sort of filled out. Oh, uh, you mean you mean uh, exactly Quinto? Hey, oh, here's my other weird nitpick. So during okay. during one of the scenes with Sprock, I was like, why does why does he bug me a little bit? And I realized it's because his face is face is so smooth. Well, they got great skin. Smooth, Nim- Nimoy had all this great character to his face, right? He had those deep lines yeah. in his yeah, cheeks. and older. He, he, but no, he wasn't that much older, actually, when they made the original really? series. Yeah. Uh, it's just that Quinto has got this super baby-faced smooth face. <laughs> and good for him. But, like, it, it doesn't – he doesn't exude the, the wisdom and the experience that Nimoy did. The sort of mm-hmm. – he was sort of patrician in that he – he felt like this uh, fount of wisdom because he had lived it. Whereas, you know, it, it worked in the first film because they were all young. It was like their start, right. their start of their careers. But now, three years in, he still has this baby face, and and it's just it doesn't. You know, it's a weird change. And the other guys are just people, but Nimoy had that really specific kind mm-hmm. of look to him. That oh, it's just yeah. a little unusual. Another thing I know we've been harp, and there are a lot of details in this film, which is a great thing that we can talk about. But I do have to call it that whole running joke about Car- uh, Spock giving her uh, like a tracking device as a piece of jewelry. That little yeah, that joke, was funny. Yeah. I thought that was very, very funny. There were some, and he had some really good looks. I thought, I thought Urban and Quinto had a blast making these moments together. Like they were really funny and really good together, which was a nice surprise. I, I didn't expect it. Yeah. So the, the other oh, thing, the other thing that happened this weekend is that uh, so Star oh, Trek, yes. Star Trek Discovery is the new series that's going to be on CBS's digital network, which I'm now probably going to have to fucking buy. Which I heard, I heard, I heard the app is awful. But I'm anyway, sure it's awful. It. Shocking. I'm sure it's awful. But yeah. I'm on such a Star Trek high right now 
there's probably yeah. no way I'm not going to pay the six bucks uh-huh. a month just well, for so, so now you can so now we'll see if that high lasts until January. Right. Oh, I I mean I don't know how it could with this new war machine Klingon so Spock so, so, Federation so, mashup so ship. This weekend they, apparently Macquarie made. At, I don't believe at it. At Comic Con they they released a little little video showing the ship, the Star Trek uh, Discovery. I mean Star Wars, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, is the name of the show, but the ship, the USS Discovery, is the name of the ship, and it's very, very similar to Macquarie's uh, redesign of the Enterprise for Star Trek Planet of the Titans that was never made. And uh, Mike did not like it. Ron, did you see it, and do you have thoughts on it? I saw it. I'm excited. I love it. I love a it new ship. Like, it literally looks like a Romulan, no, a Klingon bird of prey just rammed right into the back of a saucer section and said, "Let's go." Cool. <laughs> and uh, and in. And it also, for me, it looked like a war. It looks like a warship. It's it's got the sort of Zack Snyder lighting on it. I thought the tone is all weird. I think I really feel like there's. It doesn't Mike, look like Discovery. Mike, it's literally, it like, Mike. It's literally a minute of the you know, ship leaving the dock. Bring me back into Star Trek. This is how I get. Listen, I, listen. It's a lot better I mean, what than is this. It's, an asteroid lot, is it the moon. It's a lot better than that country Enterprise theme song. Oh, man, so like, was, our, like that was the worst. But I learned right. to love it. <laughs> It was a beautiful montage, and you'll you um, learn to love this, I think, as well too. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I mean, I, I, it's just, it's, yeah. Well, we can, we can talk about. Well, maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, we, yeah, I'm down for that. So. But all in all, I'm, aren't you? I mean, the thing is, I was really nervous leaving the theater that I would wake up the next morning or two mornings later and like have this flood. I'm actually kind of glad that we waited a couple of days to talk about it mm-hmm. because reality came creeping in and I'm really so relieved and thrilled to say that I still think the movie was super fun. I want to see it again. Even the things that I wasn't crazy about are so minor when you compare it to what happened with Into Darkness and even some moments of the first film. I I think I wish this was the second film. Yeah. And even make an argument that if you just tweaked the third film a bit, it, it, at least those moments would have been more earned. But if this were the second film, I mean, maybe the second film will just be a new, it's like a DVD extra. But like, because this one really, really succeeded as a, a spiritual uh, sequel to the first one and really showed that Paramount was serious about, you know, writing the ship. And I'm, I'm, re- I was, I'm really happy that they're making a fourth one. That makes me really happy. I love this crew, and I, I can't wait to see where we're going to go next. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm on board. I love, I love this crew, and let's, let's do more. I'm excited. I think the world's a better place when there's good Star Trek happening. That's Agreed. my feeling. Absolutely, because even if you don't like something, you can at least these arguments are fun. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like it's something that we can talk about, and it's like we're excited about the next film. And clearly, the people, everyone involved with this, really cares about Star Trek, and it, that 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 joy really came out when you have that sort of authenticity. It gets the fans really excited. So yeah. I think the world is a better place, yep. unless you start, you know, opening the news. All right, so if you saw Star Trek Beyond, go to ifanboy.com. There'll be posts for this show. You can tell us what you thought of it, and we can talk Star Trek there. You can, we can dis- discuss yeah. Discovery and whether or, not, whether or not Mike is overreacting. Yeah, bring it. The sheer force of the discussions, Ron, after the movie from the Super Star Trek nerds in the group, <laughs> was so, it was like a blast furnace had gone off. Talking sure, about yeah. the, the distance of the nacelles, and I, I was like, I'm going to have to go get a drink. Uh, it was intense. I, I can't be in this conversation. Um, it was awesome, and, and we we all have these really nice little uh, enamel pins of the Franklin, which um, I gotta say they look very cool. Very cool. Right. 
It's uh, very so exciting. go to Talk about the show. You can also find our other podcast, the Pick of the Week podcast, every week on fanboy.com where we talk the newest comic books. And we'll be back for a special what is it? show. Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad is next, yeah, right? That's uh, August 22nd. Suicide right? Squad is the big show, August 5th. August 5th, there were wow. so many Harlequins at Comic-Con. Don't even tell me. Don't even start, I'm sure, yeah. Wow, so that's, that's next weekend, isn't it? No. No, no, two no, weekends, no. two weekends, two weekends from now. Okay, yeah, fun. I'm excited for that. I've seen nine trailers for it, and everyone is better than the first. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, isn't it right. the sequel that's coming out? I, I wasn't the first. The first trailer came out like four years ago or something. It feels so long. Yeah, anyway. four years ago. All right, so check it out. We'll be back uh, next time for that. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Ron. Live long and prosper. I'm Mike. Mm-hmm.